0: this is what is this this is the Raising Luminaries podcast <laughs> with revolutionary humans and crafting sound meaning we have a triple threat today um we're on season two spring collaborations this is Asia Ray and today we're in cahoots with our partners in do goodery Bellamy Schaffner and Sonatina Sanchez which I think Yay, all three of us are on. This is our first time doing a a (laughs) three-way. Yes. Okay, so last week's episode was on giving kids space to fuck up. And we talked about how suffocating our kids is an act of childism and ageism. Metaphoric suffocating. Uh, Literal suffocating is murder. Okay, and then also how to be less creepy. So in this episode, we're going to talk about red flag phrases make us sound unsafe and ignorant, and then how to maintain a sense of humor while also recognizing our problematic language. Um, because w- this only has one track audio and if any of us talks, it kind of garbles anything at the same time. Um, I guess I'll have to like call on people to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Bellamy, do you, any, do you have any updates from the week?
1: Uh, no, nope. Oh, hi, hello, as always. Nothing,
0: nothing exciting to report. Oh, so, Natina, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. My
0: life
2: feels right now full of transitions that are so positive. It's hard to be frustrated at the negatives that come along with it.
0: Wonderful. Oh, that's a good that's a good energy for today. <laughs> uh, okay, <clears throat> so Bellamy and I were talking a few weeks back, and um, Bellmy, I think you were talking about like you wanted to use this word and you're like, wait, how do I, what's another word I can use? And then we're like, you know, what? this is something we all struggle with, um, decolonizing our language. And in a little bit, we're going to have Sonatina explain to us what, what, <laughs> what does the word decolonizing mean? And then also we're going to try and figure it out as we go over the course of the next like 45 minutes. Bellmy, would you like to tell us about your challenge word of the day?
1: My challenge word is dark or the idea of darkness as negativity in any way shape or form um, and maybe conversely lightness as being uh, all positive and beautiful. Um, I, I have seen myself use it in my writing in the past more so but I think that's like more of a common descriptor when writing but I don't actually use it in language very much and when I'm speaking very much so but I do notice it a lot when I'm listening to podcasters and comedians and things like that they are very very interested in calling everything dark when it is just mildly uncomfortable um so that is my that's my word that I would love like I would like to be able to suggest to other people like I can figure out how to adjust it in my writing but it's like it would be nice to be able to suggest to other people or to represent other ways to reference that word in speech or or not reference that word. Just dark does not mean bad, period.
0: Yeah, right. And like, I actually, that word comes to my mind when I am speaking a lot and I have to stop. And then there's this awkward pause and I'm like, that's so, and I can't, the first word that comes to mind is macabre and I sound like an asshole. <laughs> so I can't say that out loud. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's the first word I think of too. Like, I would never, but I wouldn't ever normally say that word. So,
0: <laughs> macabre. Oh, that's so macabre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sanatina, what is your, do you have any ideas for challenge words?
2: Yeah, yeah. One of the words that I've struggled with a bit is using crazy as a negative. And I I hesitate to totally reject this word when I'm trying to describe a situation because I feel that it is a valid word to use because craziness is a state of being in our in our in our society in our being of uh, being human because of consciousness we could be crazy kind of that's my philosophy and so I don't want to take that word away from my vocabulary entirely but I want to figure out how to not make it seem like I am calling something negative or bad when I use that term so I'm trying to see in the circumstances in the situations that I use crazy or insane and is there another word that is more appropriate that doesn't relay more negative connotations around like a natural state of being sometimes that our brains go through so that's kind of what i'm working on in in my language right now
0: yeah i think there's something about like just removing the stigma from it right like we can still use the words just without the connotations that that word and anything any person associated with that word is negative exactly yeah for me i'm struggling with uh the word stupid because <laughs> it's just it's such a nice short succinct word to be like that That is just, there's no, I have not come up with a good uh, alternative word that really encapsulates how oversimplified and both ignorant, oversimplified, thoughtless and inconsiderate something could be without using all of those words. And sometimes I just wanna like verbally smack my kids upside the head and be like, that was stupid. (laughs) um, But at the same time that equating that word has a connotation of being, um, having mental disabilities, um, intelligence, intelligence markers or, or quantities, um, and then stigmatizing people who have a slower time or a harder time uh, processing, right? And <clears throat> so trying to find an alternative word for that word has been really hard and i grew up with some words like the r word that was used in place of that so i use stupid to replace that word that my brain automatically goes to because of the way i was raised but it's still it's still the same thing <laughs> um, okay so today we're going to cover why we should be repli- we should be decolonizing our language and what it means um, why now, and but how, and then we're going to send you out into the world with an assignment. Um, so what does it mean to decolonize our language, the importance of taking responsibility for our language as we raise the next generation of leaders. Um, how linguistic hi- hypocrisy, which is nice big fancy words, basically it gets in our way in modeling kindness, courage, and tenacity with our kids. So. Also, I want to briefly, if we have time, dip into the dangers of co-opting the language of resistance and and on the surface, shallow level, changing our language without changing our behavior and how this can unintentionally harm the people that we want to be allies with. And then some of the fears that keep us from changing our language, as well as how to transform our inherited language and dismantle our internalized bias as as a form of resistance. And then, yeah, let's see if we can do all that in one podcast. (laughs) one spectacularly uh, offensively named podcast
2: oh i i love it i feel like i should be blamed for being offensive um and suggesting the the hint of the the name but i'm like yeah well everybody we all we all like it so you know it's our show go yes. away
1: you don't yeah <laughs> who, was, who was there to offend we're all here <laughs> <laughs> fine fine <laughs>
0: Um, okay so we are all here to um, be offensive and it's okay because we can say that you can't say that we can say that (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love
1: it I love it I would like to note if someone is saying to a friend you gotta listen to the episode of this podcast where (laughs) where do they go Uh, like where yeah
0: so on the Raising Luminaries website, RaisingLuminaries.com, and this one is going to be called uh, A Mexican, A Oriental, and a Black. Walk into a podcast.
1: <laughs> so no one will be able to suggest to a friend that they listen because they won't be able to say this title. They'll have to say, <laughs> check out the latest episode or something. will be able to. Oh,
0: season, yeah, season two, episode seven, if they want to get clinical. Okay.
2: <laughs> we're, we're we're getting you used to feeling uncomfortable about stuff
0: you know that's like, oh, yeah. the problem yeah the April 24th 2022 milestone episode of when we just like hit our peak offensiveness um and just as a quick background for this I was I was talking to Sonatina I was like what is our next podcast what's our next collaboration and I was like talking about me and Bellamy talking about the word dark and macabre. And I was like, so it's going to be basically, um, if, if Bellamy who is black has a problem with this word and I'm not the only one who's like uncomfortable with it for like white fragility, Asian fragility reasons. <laughs> and I was, so it's so like, okay, so it's going to be a, a Mexican, a Chinese person and a black feminist. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, that's a setup for a really good joke. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, I'm very I I take pride in how my brain is just like, yeah, how can we show people that we can have fun with this? Come on.
0: Yeah. It and also the um the spin that we wanted to put on it is you can call someone an oriental or a black and it's it's, it's kind of a slur in itself. Like it's it's dehumanizing. It's dehumanizing. But I was thinking about that arrested development po- uh, that arrested development episode where the main character is dating a Mexican woman. And he's like, so what can I call you? And she's like, Mexican. And he's like, I, you can say that word. I can't say that word. <laughs> and there's no better way to betray how fucking racist that is.
2: <laughs> I died. I, I, I think I, I broke something in my body that day. Body, yeah, I heard that. That was so good.
0: So for anyone who's like, how can you call these people these things? There we go. (laughs) Like Mexican is the only inoffensive word in there. (laughs) Okay, let's get to being offensive. So (laughs) what does it mean to decolonize our language? Because uh, decolonize has become like the the progressive millennial synergy like it that word doesn't have much meaning because so many people take it and use it to mean whatever they want to mean um but it actually has it's it's deeply rooted in indigenous decolonizing right um so i want to make sure that we're not we're not just throwing that word in for for google clicks um this this is an act of decolonizing our language and what does it mean so first why why would you decolonize your language is Raising our kids to dismantle a hierarchy requires modeling like a bare minimum effort. And I understand it's kind of hard to hold our tongue or think or even, heaven forbid, prepare what we're going to say before we say it. Um, But we really do need to take responsibility for our language, even though even when we're alone, even when we're in the metaphorical locker room of people just like us, because our everyday language has so many opportunities for us to slip up. Uh, which gives us an opportunity to model recovery for our kids. Like, see, we mess up too. Let's see how we recover from this. And then our language really betrays our unconscious bias. It betrays our affinities, who we see as us and who we see as the other. But it also co- betrays our complicity and the tacit agreement that we have, or even the endorsement of viewing some types of people as inferior. So <laughs> let's 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 rip this away from the meaningless like synergy style buzzword. Zodatina, would you like to tell us what it means to decolonize a language?
2: Uh, yes, I love, I love talking about language. That's my whole jam gig. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> the way I start usually with these um, breakdowns of a word is looking at the part of it. Um, so basically what I'm, th- what I'm, you know, decolonizing, right? So what a of what is that word made of? Well, the, essence of it right is colony colonizing making somebody else your tool that's the era that we're coming out right and i i want to bring us into that mind frame as we go into this discussion because there's a lot of i hear um a lot of people wanting to say oh you know this ancient this this is how things are people are like this people are and it's just like But like, if we just take a moment and think and say, wait, how old actually is this idea? How old is this use of words, word and words, phrases? Why is this word being used this way in this time? Then we start to be like, well, maybe it's not ancient. Maybe my parents purposefully Uh, use this word because they were taught to by a larger system and going back to the whole idea of colonialism the modern version right is only about 500 years right if we want to go into the the history quickly colonialism and our modern capitalist system started with the freaking tulip trade Right, That's the essence of our current system. So if we go back before that, there were markets, there was commerce, there wasn't necessarily this idea of capitalism and these concepts are tied together. And so are, so is much of the language that we use because language is a part of our culture. It, language is a reflection of our culture. And so the words we choose to use are a reflection of ourselves. And we can choose to change that, you know, uh, reflection. And so that's where, I, you know, I wanted to bring us into that idea of what is colonialism. And so when we've talked about decolonizing our language, we're saying, I am choosing to not be uh, in, not influenced, we have, we're influenced all the time, but. I'm choosing to recognize that this word has an impact on people. I might not understand it, but because I know that we live in a complicated world and we're coming out of this era of colonialism, a lot of our language is going to be a reflection of that era. And if I want to be an ally, if I want to be an accomplice, it is my job, it is my, my goal in life to make my language reflect the reality that I want to see in the world. So, um, did I make sense
0: in that? Awesome. (laughs) I did not follow any of that. (laughs) Just going to be honest. (laughs) I heard tulips.
2: Um. So, basically... bringing it into colonialism is a system that is tied in with capitalism it's about 500 years old and the language that we uh you know speak now is a reflection of that culture and as we leave this colonialist capitalist culture we have a responsibility to change the words we use so that it reflects the world we want to see rather than the world we're coming out
0: of perfect good okay I got that part. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So in the in the Student Ignition Society, we have a word bank, which is like short definitions to describe it to kids. Um, so the one that we have for the word bank is bringing back independence for Indigenous people who have been harmed by colonization. So all people inhabiting an area are free from oppression. So that's another not really relevant kind of definition, but the, that idea of not going backwards, but but assessing and seeing how colonization has impacted our culture and then trying to disentangle that that harm if that exactly. yeah Bellamy any thoughts on decolonization
1: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think was like two or three different definitions hopefully we got we got some sense of it but it's not just an empty word that we use to mean get rid of the bad stuff right because I think um, you know, we use we use smashing the karyarchy a lot, like that concept of going down to the root of all of the systemic injustices and cutting it up, cutting it out at the root. Um, and decolonization is basically like the, the 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 big word for those kinds of that kind of action. That's the action of smashing the karyarchy So, yeah.
1: my yeah, my only thought as, as I'm listening is just that I wish more, less, fewer people would use the word. I wish that <laughs> I wish that people would think. Would be more thoughtful about taking that word and um, making it their platform because I feel like it's not it's not usually genuine or true to what it means.
0: Yeah, like that's why it's become the millennial synergy, right? Like we have a, some kind of idea of maybe what it means, but everyone just uses it as a buzzword. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, you can have the you can have the intention to decolonize, but I feel like unless it's connected to the actual following of like. It has to be Indigenous led, right? Which is which is why I'm asking um my indigenous friend Sonatina to, <laughs> to explain it to us. But also it has to be it, it can't just be some word that we use to mean to mean dismantling the hierarchy unless it is indigenous led. Like it really does have to be tied into the the people and the culture of the space that has been like taken over and controlled. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and and I just I that's I don't know I've ever been referred to as indigenous and it's very strange to me to think so like, anyway but like come yeah coming from being having roots in Mexican culture this is a very very uh hot topic in Mexico and in Spanish and in the language of Mexico and the languages of Mexico because of this legacy of colonization and and if, and it's a strange thing to think about because in an idea like Mexico is a bit of the ideal that America says it is. It's the melting pot. Mexico is a much better melting pot than America, right? The joke is America's more of a tossed salad, right? We're all very individual, and and there's been a there was a concerted effort to meld everybody in Mexico together, and now there's a distinct effort to maybe break that out, and so that just goes to show you that these efforts to decolonize take different forms in different places too. So when you are engaged in this action, this effort to engage with your language and how you use it and what it what the words mean to the people around you, not just yourself, you think about that. Where are you? Who are you engaged with? And why might they be reacting to what you're saying?
0: Yeah. So, and I, and I guess as a, not just a throwaway, but as a land acknowledgement. So I'm coming from the, the land, I live and was born and have spent my entire life in Massachusetts, Wampanoag land. Um, And Elizabeth Solomon of the Massachusetts tribe was saying specifically in Massachusetts, at least in this, in this space, this work has to be done in relationship with the original people. So I, I take that with me and trying to be like, okay, we can't just like make this stuff without the actual people uh, being involved, which is part of communication, right? Oh, okay, so urgency on why we need to take care of this now. Why do we need to change our language now, not not tomorrow? Um, who is hurt by these everyday slurs? And I don't mean like the really big ones where like it's a, it's everyone knows that this is like, ugh, but like the the words like stupid, and crazy and these words that we find in children's books right where it's, we're supposed to just gloss this over um and just blatantly with the clear hypocrisy like our kids seeing that we care about these issues black lives matter but we use dark as to, to mean something negative um it kind of it shows our kids which groups aren't worth supporting fully every day 24 hours a day and who which groups do we see as the other um, or even our own internalized bias and then when we internalize that bias for our kids like they're going to carry that with them right and it says basically I want you to achieve great things child but I'm not willing to even drop simple words for my lexicon um, and then we think about how, who does it hurt for ourselves um, you know as a Collected target minority, when we use these words, that gives our friends with power permission to say it. They're like, well, my, mor- my, my Asian friend uses that word, so it's okay. Um, and it's basically like a, a negative affirmation, you know, like people are saying positive affirmations for themselves all day. Um, and the, using these words against ourselves and against the people that we care about is a negative affirmation. Um, but basically, we don't have an excuse to keep using these words, because it's like saying, I'm one of the good ones. Like I have, I, what is it like? I wear a Black Lives Matters t-shirt and therefore it's okay for me to use that word.
2: Oh, oh there we have in our region, I don't know if we have this, but there's a, it's just a really infamous plaque. That's like, in this house, we believe that this, that love is love and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, No,
0: having that hanging in your house is cool if you, if you want to affirm that, but then, you know, what are you doing? Just the words that are coming out of your mouth. Um, but those kinds of, it's almost like a punching down, like those jokes, using those words, create a wedge in the, in the trust that we have between other people. And it actually puts the onus on our friends to call us out on that, which is an uncomfortable thing to, to force them into, but that, yeah, the performative, that performative sign, which isn't to say if you have that sign, it's bad, but if you have that sign, you're still using words like this. It's, it's kind of like, Um, And and on the flip side, using these, changing your words and being very cautious about the choice of your words um, without knowing why kind of lures targeted folks into dangerous situations where we sound like we we talk the talk and we use the right words and we use words like decolonization. But if we don't know what it means, then we can actually put our friends into a little bit of danger. (sighs) Okay, so that is heavy and... (laughs) we could talk more about that and we will get to how to start dismantling that but da, 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 let's take a break and do good ideas to avoid do, do, do. <laughs> uh-huh. bellamy's gonna make us a rap.
1: oh yeah i'm on it <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so we we're thinking good ideas to avoid today regrettable pandemic purchases <laughs> we briefly talked about a view, which i do not regret that is fantastic i got a whole <laughs> cast out of that. <laughs> Tell me, do you have any regrettable pandemic purchases, good ideas to avoid? I, you know, I tried to think of
1: something that was in itself a regrettable purchase, but I feel like as with, as with all of us, we were everybody, we were just trying to survive, and it's like maybe this coffee mug will do it, maybe uh, like I don't know, I had like an indoor playground for my kids. Like maybe, like who knows what'll do, who knows what will keep us alive. But like we all just were like grasping at different things. I don't know, I bought a lot of trees, plants. Um, they are now dispersed to different friends' houses, Like, but whatever, they all serve their purpose. But I will say the one thing that gave me the hardest time was I got a, <laughs> I bought a, a basketball hoop. It was not a bad idea, it was a great idea. Was it a great idea for me alone to assemble an entire basketball hoop? That was not a great idea. The box was the biggest box I've ever seen. Like, like just the box alone was huge. And then it came with the wrong um, bolts. And I wasn't... This was, like, early pandemics. Like, I wasn't willing to go into a store to fix the bolts, so I kept making Lowe's pickup orders for different size bolts, but I also, <laughs> but I'm also unwilling to measure or figure out how the hell you figure out what a bolt size is. Like there's like four numbers in it. I, I'm not willing to do that. So I just kept trying to make <laughs> make different orders, and i go go pick them up, and I'm like, oh, there's there's four new size bolts. None of these are what I need. So this went on a couple times, and then I had a friend who was willing, <laughs> who was willing to go into the store, who got the bolts for me. But it took—I mean, it took weeks. I think at least a couple weeks to put the the basketball net together. We loved it. We used it all the time. It was fine, but it was just the it it was a hassle. And also, like if you can just you know picture me lugging around and lifting up a huge like steel or whatever, basketball hoop all by myself. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. The things that I have done.
0: It's almost a a non involuntary DIY project, like regrettable involuntary DIY pandemic activity.
1: Yeah, it was like, this is not how I wanna spend my time, but also how else was I spending my time? So it
0: it was fine. Do, 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 regrettable.
2: Okay. <laughs> That's so relatable. <clears throat> yeah, how awesome, I guess, so my time. Fuck it, yeah.
0: So, Tina, do you have any regrettable pandemic purchases? I mean, it's, it's similar.
2: It's the regrettable in the similar way I feel that Bellamy was just saying. It's like, I don't feel like it was a regrettable purchase overall, but if I'm not going to actually, like, finish a big you know training program when things are going well in my life why on earth would I think that I'm going to finish an intense language training program when you know everything around me and I by myself are falling apart right it was just like so I paid a lot of money for a train a a, like the VIP package for a language teacher that I you know had taken for years I've not never gotten really like quite what I was like looking for necessarily in some of like the lower packages because I was like well you know the the one-on-one sessions I know are pretty good and so like let's get some one-on-one sessions and those turned out to be the least helpful of the whole thing and I'm just (laughs) like oh I knew that wasn't gonna oh I should have trusted my instincts why did I think that like this was gonna motivate me to and so I basically yeah spent like a month and a half of feeling bad for myself that I was avoiding practicing language when I had time to practice language because I had associated practicing language with this workshop that I wasn't really enjoying. And I'm just like, why didn't I just practice my languages instead of getting? And so yeah, that's, that's mostly, you know, like, and I feel, yes, it have I probably spent more uh, than I would have if it wouldn't been the pandemic that's that's really the regrettable thing
1: it was was a pandemic of it was a pandemic of hope also we were all just like we must find hope will it be in this basketball net will it be in this course where will it it be in the flow be where will it be (laughs) everyone was searching for it
0: like how can I use this like as a makeover (laughs) pandemic makeover
2: I do have to say, I want it like I wasn't here for the like good thing, maybe, but like I bought a uh, washing machine, like one of those like apartment really quick wash. That was like the best thing. I was like, I don't want to go into my lunch. Like, I want to like avoid, I want to, I'm going to isolate as much as possible. So I bought it. It's the best thing and I still love it. Love it.
0: <laughs> awesome. Okay. So yes to portable washing machines. No to, although I want to find out what specifically about this course, because I actually, paid for a course and I was like, this is totally worth it. Like, did they not, were they not clear, or were you just like not in the headspace for it?
2: It was probably a little bit of both. And it's because also I have a history with this teacher. And it's like, I want more I I think Bellamy really did like hit the nail on the head. I was like, I was really hopeful that this was the time that was going to motivate me to like do it. And then because my you know emotional state was not s- set i put way way too much on this program to like bring me up and so i think that brought me down it just
0: Got like it. Darn it. like they overpromised and then you also weren't realistic with yourself okay yeah and we had like we i actually had a lot of people during the last winter winter incubator who were like i really want to participate in this but i do not have time and i'm like that's awesome wait till next year <laughs> Like we don't we don't want you to suffer. It's not supposed to be about suffering <laughs> oh, Okay uh, Let me see. Oh, uh, my winter Sorry, not winter my um, pandemic regrettable purchase like like Bellamy. I tried to do these things. I'm like, okay Well, maybe we'll become like the kind of family who does art projects. We can be like Bellamy's family. I am not I cannot pull it together These <laughs> art kits Bullshit. It's all bullshit. Buying our kids does not make you an artistic family. Um, but I got this. We were going to do distance learning. Like, we failed miserably that, like, when suddenly things turned to distance learning. But the next year, I was like, okay, we're starting off fresh in autumn. I'm going to like dedicate an entire room to this. We're going to paint it so it's beautiful. It's a Waldorf y. Um, it looks like you stepped into a watercolor painting. Gorgeous! My kids can focus in this room. It's going to be wonderful. And I bought this gigantic shoji screen, like those Japanese paper screens. I was going to put it between the children so they would not see each other. They would have their headphones, and they would be at their little, their little floor desks, happily communicating with their teachers back to back with this screen. The screen is big. It is cumbersome. It does not quite fit in our house. <laughs> but- But I was like, this is it. This screen, this classroom is going to make it. Day one, they like ripped that shit down and they're like, fuck this. I was like, there's no, I I thought like if I build it, my children will turn into different children. (laughs) They were climbing on the desks. They were climbing on each other. They were screaming into the microphones. (laughs) It was fucking chaos in this beautiful, peaceful room.
2: Oh man, so when you were telling that story, you were just like you it felt like you were just like taking a breath and I was like, oh I I just he- feel your body be like mm, that fresh gold smell. Like mmm.
0: So hopeful. So much hope. So, so much and it was a disaster and yeah so that was my regrettable like very expensive purchase um because you got to get that stuff shipped and it's delicate so I'm just like I'll buy I'll buy all of my feature on Amazon and things will be magically better <laughs> no no so that is in my basement and I don't know what to do with it and it like uh we're just not the kind of family that can like gently ignore what's going on behind a screen, I guess. So we are learning something about ourselves. So that's my I word.
2: Think... No, I I that I feel like the learning, like, right. I'm like, I feel like I don't ever regret almost anything in my life. So I'm like, it's always a learning opportunity. It's always a story. Yeah. So what's regret for, but you know, yeah,
0: maybe, maybe
2: future, you know, warnings or something, you know, right. Like, yeah, talking about language.
0: I would have liked to have saved the 80 bucks, right? Like, <laughs> and I, that's what we have in the Lunar Brain Trust. We have Friday failure parties where we're like, okay, what's this week's failure? Let's celebrate it. And then we have some happy dancing gifts, gifs. Uh, just like, let's, let's discover what we learned and try and um, sort something from the rubble of our deep embarrassment and shame. <laughs> oh, okay. Do, 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 do. Also enormous chopsticks. I forgot I bought enormous chopsticks. Sorry, I need to make this longer. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on my birthday wish list. I was like, I went to this fancy Japanese restaurant. They had these enormous chopsticks while they, was, they were cooking. I was like, oh, I could cook with enormous chopsticks because I cook with regular-sized chopsticks. And I burned myself. And I'm like, these things, are they're like two and a half feet long. And they're huge and I'm like I can cook with these and I got them for my birthday and I and I can't hold them my little I can't even hold a pen so I don't know what I was thinking I cannot hold a pen and my handwriting is abysmal so I thought I was going to use these enormous two foot long chopsticks so obviously I tried them once I dropped everything it was a disaster and now they live in my drawer and my seven-year-old now uses them to eat and it looks ridiculous <laughs>
1: I need a picture of that
0: happening. (laughs) I of him eating with enormous chopsticks. It is like he has to pull them two feet away from his face. So he's a dumpling in his mouth. (laughs) I just, the first time I was like, I was like, wait, did you
2: just say that you bought chopsticks that are half the size of us? Like, aren't, I'm five, I'm like just above five, two. And like, so two foot chopstick is like waist high for me. I don't know.
0: But like, what? It's ridiculous, they're ridiculous chopsticks that should only be used for serious chefs and I don't know who I was kidding. Um, But yeah, so I learned something about my um, motor control, which is that it is bad. Uh, The end of good ideas to avoid. So bad. Ah. (laughs) Okay, so let's get back into it. Um, A Mexican, a oriental and a black. how you define us defines you. So um, I was trying to brainstorm quickly, like, why do we choose to keep using outdated language? And like, because the language changes as our culture changes, because it's kind of a signifier, like, have you, have you stayed current with the new way that we think about humanity with the new way that we integrate with each other? And if you're using outdated language, it kind of it's, it's, it's used as a hint that maybe you're not, you're not either don't subscribe to this newer way of looking at things, or you're just kind of oblivious to it. Um, Which is another reason why we don't just use the language without understanding it, because that's not safe. Um, But in myself, I feel myself resisting updating some of the language that I really want to hold on to. And part of it is because um that resisting social change like not wanting to be made fun of like it's just purely selfish I don't want people to be like oh so you're one of those you know like the people who call you like the pc police or use respectability politics as like a that's the snowflake yeah (laughs) um
2: you want to be you want to care about other people you want to show off that you care about other people Ooh,
0: (laughs) how nerdy Um, so I do admit there's a little bit of that, like, because no one, it is, it does suck to be the only one in the room who, who cares about these kinds of things. And then everyone kind of makes fun of you. Um, but that, that said, we still do it and I don't hang out with those kinds of people anymore. So it doesn't matter that much. Um, but I do understand for other people who like their family and everyone they're surrounded by, they're nervous about using uh, more progressive or more inclusive language because they don't want to be excluded by their current circles right um but then there's also that that sense that that the myth that we can't be funny anymore um you know you think about how many comedians are resisting like pulling their teeth the concept of treat not punching down not making fun of other people because they're like well then how can i be funny um, which is, I want to say that decency and manners don't make you like a snood. It's, ah, I want to say snood. That's not the right word. <laughs> that's a word for like a piece of clothing, but <laughs> that's the word that I'm thinking of. Prude? Um, prude. Prude. Snob prude.
2: Snob prude. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, you did. You, I love that. Let's coin it. Snood. Yes. It's uh, your prudish snob. I love that. Snood.
0: Yes. <laughs> and it keeps your hands warm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so like that that i there's that idea that you have a stick up your ass because you choose to be considerate of other people which is silly when you think about it but that's like our our knee-jerk reaction and then <laughs> let me see if i'm pronouncing it right the Ouroboros, that like that snake eating its own tail right that Ouro-
2: of- Ouroboros.
0: oroboras Ouro- that like eating So that's what locker room culture is, right? It says, it's okay for me to make this joke because they're not here and they're not here because they're not welcome, right? So like that that concert of like, oh, it's just locker room talk, we're just joking around and it's okay because we're not not directly hurting them by putting these words into their ears, the other person, the other group. Um, But why are they not here in the locker room with us? It's because of those divisions and because of that supremacy. So, um, using language as a way to signify us versus them, the in-group versus the outer group, and a lot of people are hesitant to get rid of that because if they don't have an in-group, then maybe they don't, they're not cool, they don't belong, Um, which is to say you can expand your sense of who you belong to and still belong, right? Right. Um, and then there's of course, just reclaiming denigrating labels, right? Like, uh, in, in the Asian rights movement, we we're trying to reclaim yellow. So we, we reference yellow peril and as a, as a spinoff of the original yellow, yellow peril as us, as the the dangerous immigrant, right? Um, so why we choose to adapt our language, um, for me, at least it's because I genuinely don't want to make someone feel reduced, objectified and humiliated, um, I just, if we could avoid it, why not, right? But then there's also people who might be doing it just as virtue signaling. They just want to be seen as someone who's smart and savvy and progressive and and with it and current on the news. Um, but it's more about them. It's more about how they're seen rather than their impact on other people. And then just, I think all of us kind of don't want to be seen as assholes, except for assholes who are like, it was just a joke. But like, for the most part, most of us just don't want to be um, are afraid of being called out. Are afraid of being seen as ignorant, and I suspect that that's like the biggest motivator, unfortunately, <laughs> for changing your language. So I'll take it if we if that's what we got to take. Yeah. Do we have any thoughts? What's motivating you guys to change your language or hesitate? Oh, I'll call on people. Sonatina? <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing. Well, I mean, I was like, I was like, wait, you know, maybe Melanie
2: does have something to say. But um, yeah, you sum it up so succinctly, because um, I do bring it back to, right, the culture that we belong to. And there are so many different cultures that we belong to. And so it's up to us to choose where we want to feel comfortable. Yeah. And you said, sometimes it's not, that easy right we can't choose the families that we belong to and and there are you know so my goal in in trying to change my language and help the people around me learn how to change their language is to ask them right how do you want to be communicated with yourself right it it goes back to that old adage how you know treat others how you want to be treated right this is kind of one of those places where that actually applies it's like well if I'm being, you know, told that I'm like, oh, whatever, it's a joke. I'm like, aren't there things that you find offensive if you're called it or whatever? It's trying to bring it back to that idea. Like, these are impacts. And even if your intent might not have been consciously bad, still had an impact. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's go past like the intent because we all can have good intent, but like, that doesn't mean that the impact is bad. So that's where I've been trying to come to that in this is, yeah, what's my impact?
0: Yeah. Okay. me, do you have any motivators for changing your language finally? I mean, you
1: know, I just don't wanna be an asshole. Like I'm not willing to be an asshole, period. Like I'm not willing to be like, oh, I know that's wrong. I'm gonna say it anyway. I'm just not willing to do that. <laughs> it's it's not, it's not real deep for me. I'm just like, no, oh, not going to say that anymore. Okay. Move on. (laughs) I don't, don't and yeah, like, and I don't understand the willingness to cling to being an asshole. Like why are we clinging to it? Let it go.
0: Maybe that's my whole identity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) if your identity is an asshole is, then you got like bigger problems I guess but you
2: know. well, and uh, yeah like unfortunately it does feel like you know our culture has been controlled by a bunch of assholes who encourage other people to be assholes and won't give them power unless they are assholes and so that's where I'm like I think of this story I heard on one of these YouTube you know documentaries I watched and it was like back in the 1800s or the early 1900s after World War One. Uh when women's soccer football was getting really popular in England, uh the men's football association was really worried that women were gonna take over the game and everybody was gonna go to their games, not the men's games. So, so they said any men's team that allowed women to play on their pitches, their practice pitches, anything were banned from that league. So it's like you had the assholes at the top making the rule. And even if you're not an asshole, you don't have a lot of power. And so you're like, well, I want to play soccer and that's just how things are. So I guess I'm going to do it. And so, and like, yeah, it sucks because it's like, we lose so much when we let the assholes make these decisions. And yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay. So soccer, assholes. (laughs) Okay. Now that we've got, hopefully we've we've hooked people, like let's change our language. Capability, how? And this is, this is the... I mean, how do you maintain a sense of humor while recognizing your problematic language? Because I think a lot of people are like, well, if I use, what, what do they call it, like PC, the, the perfect, as if there's a right and a wrong, as if there's like a, a specific cleansed type of language, which is not the case, then suddenly they'll suck all the humor and joy and whimsy out of the way that we communicate, which is not true. There are lots of comedians and writers and communicators who don't hurt people, right? Like Bellamy, you were talking about... Um, who's that who's that actress?
1: Nicole Byer
0: Nicole Byer right she's so kind and inclusive but also goofy and kind of crude oh, I could watch her all day every day yeah
1: I pretty much do Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a large part of my life but yeah like she and she's also one of those people who um she won't say crazy she'll say wild um, almost every single time. I think maybe one time I heard her say crazy, but she is like, she's actually trying. And even if there are other people in communication with her and they are saying crazy, she'll she'll choose a different word to say the same thing.
0: Right. And she's fucking hilarious. So clearly we can follow in that lead, um, but I broke it down. Okay. If I was going to do this, if I was going to do it methodically, it would be a six step process. <laughs> because you know how I like my frameworks. Um, <clears throat> so maybe start with one word at a time because I did try when we first had kiddos, like how do I replace all of the swears, all of the ableist language and I just ended up silent and stuttering a lot. Um, I, had a, I had a list on my fridge, of like, <laughs> like the word fuck equals fudge and people are like, what is this list here? <laughs> You're learning a new language. So I'm just like, okay, um, it's fine. The kids can't read yet. So, so maybe start it with one word at a time because I tried it. All of the words don't work if you are trying to do it all at the same time. We um, like can immersion, an immersion program. So the first step is basically just paying attention. <clears throat> to the discomfort when words come out of our mouths and like there are some words that people point out to us are problematic but we can't wait for other people to feel comfortable or know or 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 have that sense we have to take responsibility for that so there are some words that when I say them I'm like that like the word douche I love using the word douche I also know that it's associated with certain body parts that are usually associated with being bad and like I should probably get on that right now Right now I don't have the spoons, focusing on stupid. But like just paying attention to like, there's a little sense inside your, like there's a little pause being like, uh, is that problematic? That
1: pause, that pause is telling you to say asshat instead.
2: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm still on the fence. I'm like, I kind of, I, I think that douche is still a good word to use as a bad thing because douches in general are bad things.
0: Sure. Yeah. Also true. Yeah, but that that pause, right? Just paying attention to the pause, and then, and then that's okay because you can look it up. Like you can look up to see if is this actually problematic, um, and then recognizing how the second step is recognizing how dominant language normalizes supremacy. Um, so pulling into when you realize, wait a second, stupid there's something wrong with the word crazy, something is giving me pause, why? And then really thinking about who has power? Who are we referring to? Who are we suggesting like, oh, you are like this person and therefore you are bad. And that will actually unpack for you like the the cultural norms about who is seen as superior and inferior. Um, And then the third step would be naming how our word choice reinforces our unconscious bias. Just like say it out loud, talk to someone, be like, I use this word, I sh- probably shouldn't, right? Because a lot of us feel like we need to do all of this work in our own heads by ourselves, making our little refrigerator lists. But talking about it with someone other person is actually really helpful. Um, because I have that that sense of like, what do I use instead of dark? But it doesn't go anywhere until Bellamy brings it up. And then, and then we can talk about it. Uh,
1: I was just gonna say macabre again. <laughs>
0: Then we can talk about it. And maybe, maybe it'll go off the rails and it'll be so much worse because then we'll end up making a podcast called a Mexican and Oriental and a Black walk into a podcast.
1: Got out of hand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Okay. Um, And then the fourth step is consciously choosing who we want to empower and what we want to dismantle. Because we don't, we don't want to just flip the script. Like, (laughs) Like the people who use like, Instead of using the word dark, they use light to meet like that's just confusing and it doesn't help. You're still making a, a hierarchy uh, like that That need to use the word woman and every time you use men.
1: Yeah. Are you? <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna say her story. I, I couldn't yeah. help <laughs> it.
2: I use that a few times as my as like my as a militant feminist in, you know, my teenage years. And I and I was like, yeah, no, it's not what I want to project because that's not the point. The point is, and actually I was just writing down, I do want to take gender or I want to take the dude focus off of our language, but that to me comes into words like guys, right? It's like referring to groups of people in that way uh makes me feel bad because it's like, yeah, it's normalizing one gender over the other and so I've been trying to use y'all um and but like yeah
0: appropriation. Though I feel like that's cultural appropriation for southerners
2: no I've heard but that's the thing like there's this is how but we can get into it right but that's the language thing of like language is the process of appropriating to bring into folk focus what we want to express in our culture and the problem with the fact that we have appropriation now is that we have a class of people who are currently suppressed from gaining privilege, from gaining goodness from the culture at large, appropriating what we need, right? And that's that's kind of the issue I feel with appropriating. It's like, let's look at y'all. Y'all is great as a word. Where does it come from? Yes, let us elevate the people who actually use it versus saying like, oh, it's theirs to use. That's, that's that language nuance.
1: Was I yeah, anyway. yeah. yeah yeah I'm I'm definitely guilty of saying guys often and also the majority of the time I'm talking to two guys and so I have to intentionally remember when that's not the case to switch it up I do say I try to say y'all more than anything and um, as a as a black person in North Carolina that's fine for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know you can say that, but can I? Say? <laughs> you can say oh. So I will say, uh, as an experiment, for about four years, I used the word ladies instead of guys in all circumstances. And while it did make me laugh, it also made me insufferable. And I can understand why people wouldn't want to be in the room with me.
1: Hello. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> <You're> funny?
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Like those embarrassing things that you do when you're a kid. Like uh using the in front of your name every time and using ladies when you enter a room it's it's not charming it's just embarrassing
1: (laughs) i I do love them but but i feel like we could go down a whole different road with ladies i because I, i really don't ever like it when somebody addresses everyone as ladies because so often there are at least one or two of us who's like, I ain't no lady. Like, like, you know, like there's kind of, there's kind of that part too where when you get into like non-binary and things like that, it just, it gets real tricky. But that's a yeah.
0: It's not, it's not, I don't recommend it. It was, I tried it and learned from my mistakes. It, it's not, not a good look. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't come off the way you want it to and it does not change the world.
2: But I'm like, to me, that's, I just love the kids. I love the kids experimenting and I'm just like, yeah, when I was a kid, we were being stupid in this way and I can't wait to see how the kids are stupid in their way. Oh no, are you stupid?
1: <gasps> it's happening. It's all falling apart.
0: We're with the bus. We we're in aurorobus. <laughs> Damn it, I'll never get that word. That in and enemy. Never get it. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. You think I'm going to get it. I'm not going to get it. So So we named our word choice. Oh, who we want to empower, what we want to dismantle. We want to dismantle that that sense that some people to have a negative stigmatization and a connotation. Um, And I just want to briefly point out that virtue signaling is about empowering the savior. While accomplishship accomplish is about integrating a shared liberation into everyday life. So like when we choose to change our word, is it about being an accomplice or is it about, is it about virtue signaling? And just take a pause, take a beat and think about that before you start incorporating words like decolonization into your everyday language. Um, <clears throat> and then also briefly that, that sense of self-denigrating humor, like where we call ourselves, we try and reclaim that word that people have called us um, as a way to reclaim it. But if there's any level of denigration to it, then is it actually denigrating against us as an individual It's like a ha-ha, I, can, I know how to laugh at myself, or is it actually bringing down everyone who shares our identity? Um, so if I'm going to call myself a pussy, like, it, who, is that actually, who is that actually making fun of, right? Um, and then the step five is <laughs> digging into, if you want to keep it, if you want to keep the humor digging into what is truly ridiculous about the way we live, right? Like it, it's not it's not the people we're making fun of, the people who have less power. What's truly ridiculous is the system that set that up. So if you want to set up a joke, if you want humor in your language, then find out what is ridiculous about the system, not the people, right? Um, and then also just find a truly spectacular and potentially whimsical replacement word, right? hat. <laughs> that sounds great. And we're not I, gonna-
1: have- wait, Hold on, I'm gonna add, Butt face.
0: Butt face. Oh, that's fantastic. I used to be
1: this kid that was very into calling his sister a butt face. And it was mean, but I was like, I like this. That's funny. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'm so upset at myself. This is one of those like things I regretted in my life that I got rid of. There was a book that was like Garfield's best insults. I love Garfield. I'm one of those people and I don't care and I love it. And I'm really sad because it's like big fat hairy. Like it had a really it had a lot of good like ways of saying things that made it ridiculous instead of hurtful. And I'm like, gosh, I wish I had that book still.
0: (laughs) We have the internet, you can get it back. Um, So a quick, we only have a couple of minutes left. So I wanted to do a quick shout out to our communities. Um, this episode made me think of our Books for Littles member, um, Robin R, who, when I was using, I had heard the word femme to mean like in reference to a t-shirt, like a femme cut t-shirt. And I was like, oh, that's a great word to suggest not just people who identify as women, but feminine people. Um, so I use that as in a title someplace <clears throat> and she called me in, or actually, I don't know if Robin uses she pronouns. Robin called me in. And was like, hey, that that only applies to people who are, you know, rainbow queer, not just feminine. So that is actually an appropriation of that word. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. That is deeply embarrassing, but thank you. So I went back, changed everything, made notes. But that kind of like someone taking the effort um, to point that out is like a big, deep gift. So I wanted to give appreciation to Robin and all, all the people who have ever pointed out that I'm not using words right. <laughs> That's really, I appreciate it. Um, so Bellamy, I was wondering if you had any, any shout outs that you wanted to send out to your community this week, anyone doing cool stuff?
1: Uh, put me on the spot. No. But the first person that comes to mind is Katie Cashore, who is awesome. And she runs, um, the kindness cafe in what state am I in? In Charlottesville <laughs> in Virginia. Woo. When you move a lot. <laughs> um, but she is, she supporter for a long time and she's helped me out a lot and uh, she runs a, a cafe for uh, uh, is, is that, that how we say I don't know what we say anymore this these are the words
0: people with disabilities you want I think is with the safest
1: abilities thank you this is actually fitting for the conversation right um <laughs> yeah so Katie Kishore kindness cafe
0: nice Sonatina do you have anyone in your community who's been supportive
2: I do. I have uh, one of my fabulous coaching students, who I'm not going to call out my name because she can be a little bit shy, but I wanted to give her a particular shout out because uh, the work that we've been doing in terms of um, decolonizing, literally, we are bringing these concepts to a group that uh, we're involved in, and she's, you know, making, she's helping me bring these messages to a wider audience in a way that they can understand that I wasn't I didn't have quite the words to connect with them and so yeah I always I'm always appreciative of my um, students who are show me that I'm still working on you know everything that I'm teaching as well
0: nice I love a good like holistic translators who help help bridge that gap (laughs) right Um, Okay, so we're going to go into this week's assignment and then tell everybody what's coming up. So commit. This week's assignment is to commit. So identify one problematic word in your lexicon, or if you don't have it yet, pay attention to that pause and just notice when it comes up. Uh, Leave a comment on the episode post if you don't want to (laughs) Google the problematic title of our episode it's uh, season two episode seven on the raising luminaries.com slash podcast website, or you can also leave a voicemail super easy seven, eight, one, three, four, two, zero, four, eight, six, and just leave the, the word you can leave your name. If you want, you can let us know if you are okay with us publishing it, or you just want us to listen to it and, and tell people that it happened. Um, <clears throat> and then find an alternative word using the resources in the podcast post, because in the, the actual website podcast post, we'll have some glossary words. I have a fantastic resource from um, Lydia X Z Brown, who has a whole um, post, a very old one that they update regularly about ableism and language it, with alternative words. Um, So that's if you don't have words in your language that you feel you need to change, maybe check that post. Um, We have a lot of great, great references. Um, And then coming up, spring is still for building relationships and working in collection, uh, collective action. So, but next week is for breaks. I'm going to take next week off. We're not going to have a podcast. Um, But. When we are back in two weeks, we're going to talk about creating a family culture of upstanding, where your kids can feel comfortable calling you out on problematic language, which my, which my kids do all the time. They're like, Mom, we don't say stupid, which is wonderful. How do we get to that place where they can do that? Um, meanwhile, everything you need is in the resources, the transcript, links in the show notes, and that'll be up, I think, Monday or Tuesday. Okay, so... Um, we have resources that will lead you to when we gather, which is Bellamy's awesome group just cohesing now. We have a Tuesday book club meeting that we're going to get together for. Um, you can also get um, communication one-on-one coaching with Sonatina um, at CraftingSoundMeaning.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, and you can also use the code Ray R A Y for ten dollars off a personal coaching session if you want. If you need that extra connection. Um, In the Luminary Brain Trust, we have a Supremacy Culture series where we talk about how are we complicit in our language and our actions and our habits and assumptions. Um, So we'll keep talking about that. And the Friday Failure Parties, we're talking about the word that we can't let go of. Um, So make sure to join that before April 30th, before my rates double. Okay. And then you get grandfathered in. We also have a Luminary Word Bank, which I will link to because I referenced that in the the show.
1: Can I just end up and say grandladied in? Can you get grandladied in?
0: (laughs) I was thinking about that.
2: That Oh, that's right. Because that's actually a term that is related to racism.
0: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, there's a podcast. I'll I'll find it and link it to you so we can share with our audience.
0: Nice. Grandfathered. How do we come up with a new word? Okay. Damn it. I thought that was just nice and little old. (laughs) Okay. There we go. All these new words. So when we gather... Uh, at revolutionaryhumans.com, crafting sound meaning uh, for Sonatina. And then Raising Lumin... Wait, no, oh, I'm so lost now. Raisingluminaries.com is where this podcast <laughs> will live. Okay, do you guys have anything that you want to share before we close out? I do, I do. I
2: love... I'm going to start using, I think, ludicrous instead of stupid because I. that's the term I feel encompasses that generational silliness right the like yes every single generation is going to go do ludicrous stunts and be just ridiculous i that's the essence that i want to bring out when i'm making fun of us as generational silly people so like ludicrous is my new word i think yeah
0: nice and we'll have we'll have a glossary of the words that i came up with as the alternatives for our watch words in the in the post so we can also look up more of those they're a bunch of good ones Bellamy, do you have anything you wanted to end with?
1: Just that ludicrous makes me think of the rapper.
0: <laughs> the R- same.
1: Me. But <laughs> no, I'm good. Thank you, guys. This was fun. See, guys, we did it. We all did it. We all did it many times. Worth <laughs> hard.
0: Okay, we'll see you guys in, you ladies, you, oh, fudge. you yo, yo. Y'all. I can say that now because I have a black friend. They said yep. it's okay. <laughs> southern.
2: It's not just black. It's a southern thing. It's black, black.
0: Yeah, black and southern. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Because it, yeah, you know slavery. Usually
0: north you can only say that if you're black. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Ah, we're poor Bellamy has been silently laughing the entire time trying to not mess up the audio. We'll get better at this. Uh, maybe. Okay. (laughs) Bye, everybody! Bye!